The following podcast is a presentation of Project Entertainment Network. Welcome to the Sample Chapter Podcast, the show where authors read a sample chapter from one of their books. Here's your host, Jason A. Meiske. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Hello, my friends. This is the Sample Chapter Podcast, the show where authors read a sample chapter from one of their books. And this week is a very special episode for me as I get a chance to catch up with someone who's become not only a mentor, but uh, I'm very happy to say I think he finally agrees we we might be friends. So (laughs) it takes a few times, a lot of give and take, a lot of paychecks going to him. And, uh, you know, but eventually I think our guest this week will finally say that I'm a a friend. (laughs) As you saw on the show title, our guest this week is none other than Armand Rosamilia. Yes, uh, this is, oh my gosh, I think it's maybe his fourth or fifth time that, uh, that he's been on the show. I know he was on here. Let me see. So he was on here once on his own, a second time on his own. So this is his third time by himself. But fifth time overall, because he was here with uh, Chuck Buddha twice as well. So exciting to have him back again. And you know, what's really cool is usually I keep the interviews pretty introductory, you know, because the idea is you're going to meet a new author that you may not have been aware of before. Although I have had repeat guests. And as Armand has been such a, a great guest in the past and somebody that we've been able to talk to a lot this time we took things more into the writing weeds than I would normally get into. Um, you know, and, and it's a lot of fun because we, we talk about, you know, important things like, uh, do you need pants during a pandemic? <laughs> no, seriously, uh, we, we discuss how 90% of his words that were written last year were sold. And when we're talking about how many words he wrote last year, uh, his fiscal year... 480,000 words. That's incredible. Uh, We also talk about how he keeps track of the 17 projects that he's currently working on, and that is not an exaggeration. I've seen him share a post before. 17 projects right now that he's working on at one time. But we also dive into uh, some some funny, uh, some more of the funny sidetracked things, because we do talk off the air and uh, have a good time. So we do talk about toys and action figures. Anyway, uh, but all of this before we dive into talking about his latest book, Make Pretend, the complete short fiction of Armand Rosamilia, Volume 1, that's available for pre-order right now. And then the book comes out on November 21st, so just a couple of days from now, which is also Armand's birthday. So make sure you wish him a happy birthday. And uh, we're going to be talking about this book and how... Yeah, this is a collection of stories going all the way back to the earliest stories when he was 10 years old. It's going to be in this book. Lots of, of great stories, and uh, not just about that, but also about how that cover came into play. So it's a great conversation, one that I can't wait for uh, to share with you. So stay tuned for that here in just a couple of moments. In personal news, I'm I'm very thrilled to announce that I've I've been really kicking up my writing into a new gear here lately. Things have been... I don't know. I've really felt a weight off my shoulders recently, and uh, my writing's been going really, really well. Uh, thanks to Nano, you know, I've been that's my excuse. I get to 
tell my family like, no, no, it's nano. I got, I got to get some words done. So, <laughs> but in all seriousness, uh, that's just been fun to work on this new story and get that going. I honestly, I owe Armand, a uh, a big thanks because our conversation off the air really helped me kind of get through some funk. I didn't realize I was having, and, uh, I've opened up Novel Idea, the book I've been trying to get ready all year, and uh, man, my editing has just been flying through it. I did, uh, like just yesterday, I did three edits on it, three chapter edits on it. I did another two today, and then, uh, um, I mean, I've been at work, you know, I'm trying to, if I'm not writing, I'm editing, and it's just coming along. I'm down to my last, uh, like six chapters of Novel Idea. I'm very, very confident to say that uh, coming here in December, I'm going to try for right before Christmas to get that book out. So that's what I'm shooting for right now. So, and in in honor of that, um, I'm in the also in the process of redoing the back matter of my first novel, Nine Mile Bridge. And so I want you to look for a sale that I'm going to be having for that. I'm going to do a 99 cent sale on Nine Mile Bridge, and that will start. November 24th through the 29th. So if you've ever been interested in trying it and you don't have Kindle Unlimited, that's uh, one way you can pick it up really easy, really cheap. And uh, yeah, and then uh, hopefully I'll have an announcement very soon that the pre-orders, pre-orders will be up for Novel Idea. And uh, I'm, I'm excited about it now that I'm back in it. It's, it's really got me thrilled. I think, uh, I think I've really got something special going on with this book. So I'm, I hope, uh, I'm just hoping everybody else likes it as much as I am. I am enjoying working on it. Um, you know, and I also want to make sure, while I have you here for a moment, I want to make sure that everybody knows to stick around after the show. You know, everybody, uh, the, the authors do their reading. And after that reading, I have my little post-show thing that I do. I, I don't know if you're aware, but the last, oh gosh, I think for the last month or so now, I've actually been so together as far as I know who each episode is going to be. I've been announcing who that next author is. And I'm looking into maybe doing some more stuff at the end of the show. So that post-show 55-second segment that I do is not just a quick wrap-up. I I do have important stuff uh, that's uh, going on in there, you know, and talking about who's next. And, uh, yeah, I think uh, here coming up soon I might be doing something more at the end of that show. So make sure you're sticking around all the way to the end. Well, before we get over to our conversation with Armand, I want to say thank you so much to our sponsor, Scrivener. Like I tell you every time, I use Scrivener every day in my writing. I I love it. I have all of my writing being done through Scrivener. And when you have all of the options available to you that Scrivener does, how can you not fall in love with that? Check out this advertisement for Scrivener and make sure that you uh, pay attention to that special coupon code CHAPTER to save yourself 20% on the regular desktop version. Jason here. Hey, I wanted to take a moment and tell you about my favorite writing tool, Scrivener. Now, I know you've heard about Scrivener because their writing software has been embraced by hundreds of thousands of other writers like you and I, from the novice to best-selling novelists. The reason we all use it is because of Scrivener's core concept to bring all the writing tools you use together in a single application. And with tools like automatic backup, character maps, project goals, and let's not forget that amazing corkboard, 
you can see why I use Scrivener every day. As a bonus for Sample Chapter Podcast listeners, use code CHAPTER for 20% off your desktop version. Scrivener writing software, built by writers for writers. Thank you, thank you, Scrivener. That is so awesome. I love having you as part of the show. I also really love being a part of the Pop Goes the Culture Network. Uh, They are home to... 10 or 12, it's, <laughs> I'm not sure right now at this moment. I know they've been doing a lot of things over there, and they've got shows, I think, that have come and gone recently, but they've got a lot of really great shows, and they're all pop culture related. Their flagship show, the Pop Goes the Culture podcast with Joey Mills, they've been on a little holiday break that's going to be going through the rest of the year. However, Joey is still headlining several little episodes that he's doing. He's been interviewing lots of authors, uh, actors, musicians, lots of really great stuff on his show on that one. So make sure you are clicking that link in the show notes for Pop Goes the Culture and uh, see what else they have going on over there. It's a lot of fun. Finally, I want to thank my other podcast network that I'm so happy to be a part of, Project Entertainment Network. Owned and operated by today's guest, Armand Rosamilia. So I'm not just saying this because of Armand. I'm saying it because I have been a long-time listener of their network. Going strong for about three years now or more that I've been following their network and listening to all the different shows on there. They have more than 30 shows, about 35. I don't know, Armand and I went back and forth on that. We're going to we're gonna do another count. I believe it's about 35 shows. <laughs> on that network, lots and lots of great shows to listen to, all kinds of variety. So about anything that interests you, it's probably there. Hey, check out this advertisement for one of those shows on the Project Entertainment Network. What evil lurks in the heart of Don Mondo? Only Chucky the Buddha, the enforcer of the Mondo Mafia, knows. Join them each week on the Mondo Method podcast as Chuck tries to get Don Mondo to reveal what is best in life and where he hid the bodies. Oh, they also talk about writing and being professional authors. The Mondo Method Podcast with Armand Rosamilia and Chuck Buddha. Weekly, wherever you find your podcasts. <laughs> uh, well, you know, I, I say I don't play favorites, but but I'm pretty sure you just heard the, ep- the uh, advertisement for Mondo Method, which uh, has Armand Rosamilia and another previous guest, Chuck Buddha. But what can I say? It's... I gotta admit, I think that is my favorite podcast right now. Uh, I've been listening to them, and I love all their writing advice that uh, that they have. So check out all of this information, our podcast friends and sponsors alike. The links are in the show notes. Check them all out. But meanwhile, let's go ahead, let's get this wait over with, and get on over to our conversation with friend of the show and pretty nice guy, Armand Rosamilia. <laughs> my friends welcome back to another exciting episode of the sample chapter podcast this week we have another friend of the show and a multiple time guest armand rosamia he is the author of hundreds of novels and short stories the host of two different shows on the project entertainment network which he owns by the way it is the man the myth the legend armand welcome back to the show it's been it's been a while right it's uh, almost a year. I think it was January. I think you wow. helped. I think you kicked off this year. Nice. 
Ah, yes, I got the nice. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> for those in the know, yes, uh, we we all yes. know we get the Armand nice. So, <laughs> and you know what? I can't I can't help it. I do it all the time. My wife it drives her nuts because she'd be like, "Oh, I'm gonna make whatever for dinner," and I'm like, "Nice," and she's like, "I hate when you do that." I'm like, "What? I'm I'm being sincere." She's like, "No, you're not. That whatever you say, nice." It's and I'm like, I don't even realize. I just just I do it. I've I've got my own personal Owen Wilson inside me whenever I'm doing these interviews, and I have no I have no idea how many times I have to go through and edit and pull out all the oh wow <laughs> oh gosh you gotta be you're killing me Jason <laughs> oh man so how are you doing man I mean I kind of know because you know I follow all your shows but uh, getting to talk to you I don't get to talk to you as much as as uh, as I'd like but how are you I'm good I'm good I'm I'm busy I am uh, right in the middle of NaNoWriMo. And another year I go, why am I doing this to myself? But uh, <laughs> it, it, it always works out. So, I, You know, and yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you. I, with the way this year turned in, uh, like this year, it, it, I was, what, what's the word for it? I was balling. That's what the kids <laughs> say. I was nice. balling to start the year off. I was ready to go, had books planned. I had all kinds of things. And then the rest of the year just kind of fell apart. My schedule had to change. And uh I thought October was going to be better, but uh, things changed again. Uh, so I'm, I have high hopes for November, but uh, of course we throw ourselves back into NaNoWriMo and we'll see uh, if we can survive November now. Uh, yeah, I think I think we talked privately. We talked months ago, like right when the pandemic was really just starting. We talked, and and it was like such a huge change for you, your life, and everything else, uh, and a lot of people. And and I feel awful for saying it, but. My life didn't change all that much because I didn't want to leave the house anyway, and it just gave me an excuse to say, "Well, there's a pandemic, honey. I can't, I can't mm -hmm. put pants on today." <laughs> so my my life hasn't really changed, other than I don't, I wasn't doing all of the events that we had done years previously, which actually saved me a ton of money, which I was able to put into marketing and promotion and other stuff this year. That's great. Yeah, I, I keep reminding myself, okay, me coming on and becoming a part of the Project Entertainment Network is no correlation to the pandemic because it happened about the same time. I was like, I did not cause this. I did not cause this. So, but, well, uh, <laughs> a, lot of, a, lot, a lot of the other podcasts would argue that. But <laughs> Oh, my gosh. Yeah, you've, you've had a fantastic year. I mean, you, you're putting out I, – I, what are you up to now, like eight books? I, I, you know, it's, it's, I don't know, I feel like a jerk, but I kind of lost count and I've had so many anthologies I've been in. I've been really lucky with selling short stories or being invited into anthologies. So I think I have eight or nine short stories that are out there as well. And, um, I mean, I still got a, I, I know I still got two more books probably coming out this year. And then, uh, January, February, and March, I think I got three more releases coming out. So I, I'm, I've been very busy. I wrote a lot of words last year, and 90% of those words have already been sold, which is, uh, which is great. My, my NaNoWriMo novel is actually the first thing I'm, I've been writing in a long time that isn't already promised to a publisher or something I'm not going to self-publish. So it's, I'm going to, I'm going to reach for a brand new publisher on this one, one of the bigger publishers. Because I got an idea that I think hopefully will fit perfectly with what they're doing right now. But I'm, I'm blessed because the last probably two, three years, I'll do book pitches to different companies. And then they'll, they'll buy a bunch of the pitches. And then it's just a matter of me sitting down and writing those books. Like Severed Press 
Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I got four books out with them and I got two more in the deal and then I'm going to pitch them like another five or six books and see what happens. But hopefully I'll just continue to write for certain publishers that I really enjoy working with. That's awesome. Well, now with so many books that you're doing and, and putting out, how do you, how do you keep track of all that? I have a dry erase board, which lists, uh, everything that I'm, uh, is currently open. So right now there are 17 projects that are open and that, that could be short <laughs> stories. That could be novellas. That could be novels. It's pretty much like anything. And, um, so I'm constantly working those so that I, I've, I've created my, cause I have to have the visual. I, I have a, a, an Excel spreadsheet, but I have to have it in front of me to, to drive me nuts. So I'm like, I got to get this board down. So I'll do, I've started doing post-it notes for the short stories. Um, and, and so I have those on one side. So I know I have a, a, a computer, my play computer, and I have my writing computer. So on the bottom of my writing computer is all these post-it notes with the name of it, what the theme is, if there is one, what's the date and what's the word count, uh, between, you know, four to eight thousand, whatever it would be. Mm-hmm. So and I have those all in order. And as I, as I finish them, I, I rip up the post-it note. And then I've, I wrote a few things with other authors I co-wrote. So those were up there, uh, on one side of the board. And if they were on the top, it was my turn. If it was on the bottom, I was waiting for them to come back so I could keep, so I can keep track of them. So I've written three, three, three novels this year. I've co-written with someone else and I'm just about to finish another one. We probably have about three or four chapters to do. And, um, and then at, at this point, I don't have, I'm not co-writing with anybody, um, except for, well, no, there is, uh, I'm doing a cozy mystery with another author. So that's the only thing up there, I believe. My gosh. Man. And then on top of all that, you've got all the marketing that you're doing. I know with the, <clears throat> with your dirty deeds and, and, you know, of course, all the new books. I mean, I, it blows my mind how you, how, how you, you're managing it so well and it's really impressive. I wouldn't, I would, I don't know about so what my wife would disagree. There are some <laughs> days when, when I just want to curl up and I'm overwhelmed with, with stuff. I, unfortunately, I'm very creative, but I'm also, um, I'm also easily manipulated. Uh, I'm very emotional. And so all it takes is one idiot to say something stupid to me on Twitter. And I, I, I lose my mind for like the rest of the day and, or like just something bad happens. Like my wife has learned, I don't, I don't care if the building is burning down around her at work. Do not tell me until she gets home because I, I, mm. I take it very personal. Somebody pisses her off and my Jersey comes out and I'm like, give me his address. I'm going to go kick his ass right now. Kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. And then I get, I'm mad the rest of the day. I, I, I hold the grudge longer than she does. So. Uh, it's, it's like, it's always just, you know, kisses and smiles when she walks out the door. And I know sometimes she's having a bad morning before work, but, um, she's, she's smart enough not to tell me because then it throws my day off. Oh my gosh. Uh, you know, I, that, that kind of stuff didn't used to bother me, but my October was so crazy that I, I had my first experiences with that where I would, I would actually sit down to write and I'm like, okay, I've got 45 minutes. I can do some writing, but all I could do was just think about the other stuff going on and then. Oh, what's this email I've got? Let me check this email and respond to that. And then next thing you know, it's just, I'm, I've got five minutes or 10 minutes left. I'm like, well, you know, why, why bother? I'll maybe tomorrow. We'll see. I don't know. It's just it's easy 
to get distracted and and uh, let something else just get in the way. Yeah, and it's easy to to put off for tomorrow. That's always been my problem. Um, of basically going, well, I, I I know I need to write. I need to, I need to do another sprint, but I'll just do it tomorrow. I'll just do it first thing tomorrow, and then first thing tomorrow is there's emails or a phone call or something, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden it's lunchtime, and so I've I've been getting better. I've created um, kind of a list of every of daily things Monday through Friday that needs to be done, uh, whether it's like Amazon promotion on this day or bookbub on this day or you know these twitter accounts whatever it is just to to kind of fill it out and um so that's definitely helped and sometimes i'll actually get ahead but then there's also i have to schedule that writing in and not necessarily at a certain time but i know until i cross that off my list it's it hangs over my head and one of the things that that amazes me is that in in this you're doing your your personal mondo method so you're writing like 15 minutes at the top of the hour, and then you spend the rest of the hour doing your other stuff. And I know you like to skip around. You'll work on one project and then another one in the next hour maybe or or go back to the previous one. And yet, and it doesn't sound like it's a lot to somebody who's not maybe not doing this on a regular basis, but I can totally understand now how you're putting out so so much work because it does add up. And, and if you just keep up with it like what you're doing, you will have a lot of, of work to put out there. Yeah. In my last writing year, which ended, uh, the new one starts October 1st for me. Uh, I did 480,000 words last year when I wrote. Oh my gosh. You couldn't do another so, 15,000. And, you know, and, and there were times that I struggled. There were, there were definite days that my wife would say, you need a break. You need to take, take off. Um, or, you know, or, or we had things that were happening. We had, we had stuff that was going on. So like even with NaNoWriMo, so my birthday is, is November 21st. So my goal is to finish it in 20 days instead of 30 days because she wants to have a vacation. We're, we're going away. We're going to a little cabin right on the uh, Gulf of Mexico mm. in uh, Apalachicola, Florida. We rented a place for like the 19th to the 23rd. And she's like, you can bring your laptop, but you are not spending the whole day working. We're going to be doing stuff. And I'm like, no, I 100% understand. So my goal is to finish before we leave and, you know, just really kind of bust it out and then at least hit that 50,000 words and then write a little bit each day when I'm there because I know the book will be longer than that, but not stress about it, you know. And I, and I think if I didn't, if I don't get to it, then I'm going to stress for four or five days on vacation, which isn't fair to her. Right, right. So when it comes to editing, I mean, are you writing pretty clean or, or what, how are you making the time to go back in and edit? Is that, is that in that 15 minute sprint? No, I actually write a very clean first draft. Uh, I'm very lucky with that. And then I will finish up a project and I will give it to three or four beta readers. Hmm. And one or two of them are, are very big on the typos and stuff. Uh, one of the other ones is very good with making sure that the story makes sense and there's no glaring errors or anything like that. And the other one kind of, the fourth one kind of does all of those things. So for me, like, you know, a lot of writers are like, oh, you know, these are my babies, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, no, I, I wrote a story. It's Pulp Fiction. It's just hopefully a fun story. Read it. 
Let me know what's wrong with it. I'll edit it. If it goes to a publisher, they're going to do another edit on it. If it's self-published, I have an editor that I send it to, and she'll, she'll further clean it up and everything. But um, it's usually what I've written. It's usually a lot of typos and stuff, and every now and then, like a continuity error somewhere, um, you know, in a, in, a, in a book somewhere. Because I'm, I'm a passer, so I'm just writing off the top of my head. Uh, with minimal amount of notes other than like I'll have a I literally have a post-it note and I'll write the names of the characters down on it and mm. maybe it'll go mom or dad or dead or whatever it is um, that's pretty much the whole sheet you know that's my that's my outline is so I remember everybody's name of their characters okay all right well that that's fascinating though now, but but is that is that what you do in those 15 minutes to, to do the editing or is that the rest of the hour maybe no no Ed, there's 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 pretty much it's me sitting down at the top of the hour and writing for 15 minutes and usually getting 600 maybe seven eight hundred words uh down and then i walk away from it and then i'll i do promotions i go get another cup of coffee i do whatever for the next 45 minutes i do other stuff and then at the top of the next hour if i'm still thinking about that story i jump back into it a lot of times um while I'm up and walking around, I, I have my Fitbit because I'm fat. And uh, <laughs> so I try to get my steps in every hour. And I don't leave the house, but around from my office, through the living room, through the dining room, through the kitchen, is uh, 45 steps. So I circle. I'm wearing a, a hole in the carpet. I just circle that like for like five or ten minutes every hour. And I'm thinking, okay, am I still working on this story? Do I have an idea or am I kind of stalled for now? And do I have a deadline that I have to get this done or this short story, whatever? So I'm always thinking of the next thing I'm writing in that 45 minutes. But there's never any, there's really never any editing until I'm done with it. Um, I write it, I actually write it in um, Google Drive and then I back it up for, on an external and then I email it to myself. And then I pull it on the other computer and I'll download it to that external drive. And I will, then I will actually edit it. Then I will go through and I'll do like, you know, spelling and grammar check through first, just to get rid of all the, the real obvious crap. And then I'll just run through it, um, one time and then I give it to my beta readers. And then I'm pretty much, I'm done with it until I do uh, edits, you know, back from beta readers will give me stuff, but most of the time it's either my personal editor or a publisher will come back with edits, but it's usually a clean, a pretty clean first draft though. That's awesome. Well, I mean, and I, I'm sure that that comes with with the practice and the, the years of experience that you have under your belt. I mean, you're you're living the dream. You're getting to write full time from home. Yeah, I mean, that's that's pretty much. Uh, this is what I've wanted since I was like 12, and it's just really, it's really cool and it's really exciting to be able to to be able to do this for a living and and to be able to pay the bills. And you know, we live pretty well. My I'm very lucky because my wife has a great career. And all of her money easily pays the bills and all the other stuff. And my money is, um, uh, tra we had to travel a lot. We go to, you know, we would, we used to go to a lot of baseball games. We have over 400 Funko Pops in the house. And, um, I mean, we literally just bought, I had to go and order shells, more shells from Amazon because we were running out of room for Funko Pops. So she has a, her, <laughs> she has a Disney room. We had to order eight, us, um, 12 more shells. Because she's got like 50 or 60 of them, Disney ones that we, we are just basically in boxes right now. So 
I, I'm waiting for the day that Project Entertainment has a has a shelf of uh, or, or the availability for uh, Funko Pops of your your podcast hosts, so that I can pick up the Armand Rosamelia, who hopefully is wearing a T-shirt that says "Nice." You know, if they weren't so damn expensive to order, <laughs> um, you know, so I've, I've, I've ordered one. Actually, I, I have one. Um, I, I got my wife made into a Funko Pop <laughs> and, uh, she's wearing her Wonder, uh, Wonder Woman outfit because she's a used Wonder Woman fan. So, uh, but I mean, it's, it's not, they, they're not cheap. It mm-hmm. looks awesome. I mean, it looks amazing, but it's, it's not cheap. I would love to find somebody who could do them like mass produce. Because then I would do like a bunch of you know Project Entertainment Network ones. Oh my god, that would be pretty cool. I I was looking here a while back at uh, I found a, a site that will make action figures, and uh, they they don't make the whole action figure. They get like random action figures, and mm-hmm. then uh, but they make they carve out the head. You send them several pictures of your face and your head, and then they their program like carves it out or whatever, and then they just right. attach it to a body of your choosing. And uh, they'll they'll put it in the cellophane with the the backing of what you want. So if it's GI Joe or whatever, you know, and it's like, oh my gosh, like that. I I know just the person I need to get one of those for, but I just haven't had the time, and or the excuse of, hey, I need you to hold still for a minute so I can take a few pictures of your face. <laughs> so, <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's pretty cool though. Oh man. So uh, I mean, so many great books. I still have. Uh, you know, I haven't done a whole lot of reading this year. I still have your. Your Bigfoot story on my Kindle. It's like I'm finally catching up, so I see it coming here shortly. Looking <laughs> forward to diving into that, and of course your your other monster books that have come out this year, Frozen and Ice. I'm looking forward to, and, and uh, of course uh, you and the guys with uh, Beers and Fears. Just a lot of great books, but uh, you know the most recent one and the one we're talking about today, Make Pretend, the complete short fiction of Armand Rosamia, coming out on your birthday, no less. This is exciting, man. How many of these are, are, are any of these stories old that you've re, reused in this, or are they all fresh? It's, it's a mix. So the, the oldest story in there is, uh, 40 years old. It's actually a story that I wrote when I was 10 years old. Um, spoiler alert, it's god awful. <laughs> and, uh, it was published in the, in my elementary school. They did like a uh, like 1980. They they put out a um, basically like a little book, and they selected my story was one of the stories that they put in this book. And uh, my mother still had a copy of it after all these years. And when I was actually telling her, "Hey, I'm gonna do I'm gonna do a short story collection. I haven't done one since probably like 2013 or so, and I have hundreds of short stories lying around, and so I'm gonna put it together." And I said. I said, yeah, my, you know, my, I always said my oldest story is Beastie, which I had published when I was uh, a senior in high school, 1988. And she said, well, no, you still, you have that other one. And I said, what other one? And then she pulled it out and she, um, uh, next, le- next time I was down there, she gave it to me. I had no idea she still had it. So I had to <laughs> retype it and not, uh, not change everything. Cause I'm like, no, 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 that, this is still, this is 10 year old me. So. That was kind of fun. And then there was a, there was a story that I literally wrote for the collection, uh, that was finished like three or four days before I put it together. So it goes from a few days old to 40 years old and kind of everything in between. Oh my gosh. And this is just volume one. I'm assuming you've got uh, more coming. Well, I, I, so I started, I said, you know, let me write down all of the short stories 
that have either been published uh, in anthologies over the years that I still have, or uh, I wrote for, because every month on my Patreon, I write a, a brand new short story. Uh, and then here's some of the stories that were rejected from anthologies over the years. And then here's just stuff that I never, I'd never did anything with. I just kind of wrote. So I had all these different stories and I started making a list and then page after page of finding these and writing these down. And it ended up being almost, um, actually over 200 short stories. Oh, wow. And I was like, well, how do you pick? So I was like, well, the here, so this is what I do. So it's the, uh, make pretend is, uh, 21 short stories. And I kind of picked a, a, a bit of everything. There's all different years uh, in there, not just like, you know, and it's there's an, there are no order. It's just basically like these are 21 stories that I think fit together and they're 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 completely different. There's horror, there's contemporary fiction, there's science fiction, there's fantasy, there's, um, you know, it's, it's like all over the place. And so there will definitely be as I started putting together, I'm like, all right, this is definitely volume one. And then I guess my goal at this point is to put out a new one every year on my birthday. But if it obviously if it does really well, maybe I'll do them every six months because I have more than enough stories. And I mean, even just since I put this together, I think I've written like seven or eight more short stories. So there's there's wow. it's it's not going to end <laughs> if, it, if it does well. Oh wow. And I'm I'm guessing that's you on the cover as well, the the dapper outfit there you got on. <laughs> that was me at uh, I think I was four, three or four years old, and so originally I was kind of trying to come up with, you know, the, the typical covers of you know blood or demons or something like you know that kind of thing, and I was like, and uh, I I just couldn't. I had a couple of people I was talking to about maybe shooting covers and doing different things, and I I opened the refrigerator, and I got out. Um, Kramer for my coffee. And when I closed it, that picture is actually on the refrigerator, and it just and I, you know, it's it's one of those things because my refrigerator is packed with magnets and things from all the places we visited and old pictures, pictures of our kids and all, all over. And my wife had put that picture up because she loves it, uh, and I was just staring at it and I was and and everything you see on the cover, all those things were around it, <laughs> and I said, "Here's my cover right here." So I. I took them all off and I put them on a basically on a piece of white paper and I took the took a couple of photos of it and uh, and that's it and then I have more more awful pictures of me as a kid so every volume will be me getting a little older um, <laughs> with this with the stuff around it changed slightly and so that's kind of the that's kind of the idea I mean there's a picture of me from junior high and when my uh, sister-in-law came over. Uh, the first time and she looked at the picture we, I have it hanging on the wall and I think I'm like in eighth grade and then my wife has a picture of her from like eighth grade and she's got like the giant hair you know the oh, 80s yeah. hair <laughs> yeah uh, and she looked at me and I have my glasses and a really mm -hmm. bad haircut and I have I have acne and she said why do you have a picture of Jeffrey Dahmer on your wall oh, my God. and I went holy shit I do look like Jeffrey Dahmer <laughs> I mean it was perfect so that's going to be like the, obviously that'll be one of the covers and see if anybody thinks I put Je Jeffrey Dahmer on my on my book. Oh my gosh! Well, I can't wait to see the one from from your high school years with the uh, the mullet and the, uh, yeah, the jean was, jacket. <laughs> my my uh, my my high school senior picture. Yeah, that's going to definitely be. Oh one. yes. Yeah, I have. I I definitely have the uh, very very cool mullet. Yeah, I was just uh, I've been home a lot uh, in October, and I was looking at my senior photo, and 
I just kind of laugh. I was like, man, I remember having a mustache, but that's not a mustache. And, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, that, that, that wasn't it at all. So, <laughs> but I also had a perm, so. Oh, very cool. <laughs> <laughs> the, the life of a, uh, <clears throat> the son of a uh, hairstylist, um, in the eighties. <laughs> so lots of hairspray, lots of, lots of perms. Yeah, I was I was rocking that mullet. It was uh, my wife laughs at me. I'm like, you you had hair like five foot uh, high, so you really can't laugh. <laughs> well, they say that uh, you know we haven't heard about the uh, the hole in the ozone for some time, and and that could be healing. But I think it's because we've gotten away from the 80s long enough that that's finally it, oh, that it's been hair. able. Yeah, yeah, the hairspray has been able to dissipate and it's healing up. So we'll see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Dude, this is awesome. I love getting to catch up with you, and uh, I, I got to call you more often so we can we can do this just off the air as well. But yeah, uh, definitely, definitely. I, I, I we always have a good time chatting. We do, we do. Yeah, and I I mean you and Chuck, and I mean and I, I see you've got a forward in in the new book from uh, from that guy. You you call him an esteemed author, Tim Meyer, <laughs> uh, but uh, that's being very polite. But uh, still, I mean, yeah, I have a great time, and and uh, I, again, I really appreciate that uh, that you brought my show on and it's uh i have a lot of fun talking with all the other uh shows and their hosts and uh it's it's really fun being a part of the family now yeah it's it's a great community too i think that's the fun part is uh it's like over 30 shows and we're all you know cross promoting and we're on each other's shows and we're all just having a you know just really just having a good time and i think that's really the cool part mm-hmm yeah it really is yeah i think last last time i counted, i think you're at 35 i think you went over that for a little bit and it I don't know, I think it dropped back down to around 35 but I don't know it's 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 an amazing thing you've got set up and uh and really awesome and I love that you have so many different uh, author shows on there and different different ways to look at the process so it's it's really yep. cool. Yeah. And we're always looking for more. I'm always looking for for more podcasts to add to the group that that are good podcasts that will uh will help promote one another because that's really what it's about. It's about uh there's no competition. It's about us helping each other. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. It, it's fun getting to pick, you know, I, in order to not choose favorites and just constantly doing, you know, like Armcast or uh, Mondo Method or your new opinion or whatever, you know, it's like I keep them on a wheel and like, okay, nope, this week it's this one. Okay. And then the next one. And then yep. going from there so that I don't pick favorites. But at the same time, you know, if I've got an author who's got a very sweet memoir about, you know, something very nice, I may not want to put on you know, maybe your new opinion or, uh, you know, something else. <laughs> yeah. I might, I might go with Jay Wilburn at that point. And, uh, go <laughs> from there. Right, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I kind of look at that as well. I'm like, all right. If, uh, depending on who I, who I have on as a, as a guest you yeah. know, or what me and Chuck were talking about that week on the Mondo method. Yeah. I'll do the same. <laughs> oh, man. Well, uh, I can't wait for the, uh, for this book. Uh, it's coming out. Uh, the pre-order is available right now and the book comes out on your birthday November 21st, so best of luck with it. I know I'll be following along with your other shows and hearing how it's doing, but uh, if I don't talk to you before then, happy birthday, my friend, and uh, take care. And happy birthday to you, too, because you're you're right around me as well. Yeah, yeah, you and Chuck and I, although you guys have me by, I think, two years, but uh, still, that's uh, I was stunned by that. But Oh, <laughs> let me, uh, one more time, where can people find and follow you? So the easiest way is uh, ArmandRosamilia.com, or you can find me at uh, ProjectEntertainmentNetwork.com. I am super active on Twitter, uh, at ArmandAuthor, 
and you can basically any, any social media I am uh, I am there. So should be able to if you just uh, look up Armand Rosamilla, you'll be able to find me. Nice. All <laughs> right, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Without further ado, time to hand the floor over to my friend and guest of the show, Armand Rosamilla, with Make Pretend, the complete short fiction of Armand Rosamilla, Volume One. All right, I'm going to read a story here, but I, I need to, to to give a little background first. I was listening to a lot of Springsteen. I'm a Jersey guy, so, and I had to come up with a short story for my Patreon. Every month, I do a different new short story that that nobody's read, and I could not come up with an idea. And it's one of those those mashing of two ideas for no reason. As I'm listening to Springsteen very low in the background, that I'm working on other stuff. My Spotify, for whatever reason, kicks to uh, another playlist on there. Uh, and there's a band, Y&T, who was huge in the 80s. And they're, they're, I'm still a big fan of theirs. And, you know, the, the, the name of the band is Y&T, but they used to be called Yesterday and Today. That's what they started in the 70s. So like, it was like that. And then I went back to Springsteen songs. And all of a sudden, Yesterday and Today popped into my head as, okay, there's the title. So now I have a title, What the Hell is the Story About? So I wrote this story, which is not a horror story. It's just, to me, it's just a story. All right, now I've babbled enough. Let me read the damn story. Yesterday, they'd met in high school in this same small town. She was the new student, just transferred in from the big city, all piss and vinegar with a chip on her shoulder. He found her enticing, and it wasn't just from the ample curves of her hips or the wavy blonde hair down past her shoulders. She was fire. The girl would smile and it would melt his heart, but her fists would come up to punch a sucker out at the drop of a hat. They were the king and the queen of the prom, cruising down to Seaside Heights in his souped-up muscle car, dancing in the rain, sex on the beach. He was going to be a famous race car driver. She was going to write the great American novel. He'd gotten a job at the paper mill with his dad and brothers when she came up pregnant. She stayed home and watched the kids because two more followed, all little girls who loved their daddy more than anything. She learned to smile even when she didn't feel like it, because the kids needed to see how happy Mom and Dad were. How very excited Mom was to do dishes and vacuum floors and hold their hair back when they puked and ignored when Daddy came home later and later on payday. He traded in his muscle car for a sensible pickup truck, working part-time at the corner bar when the mill closed. Working construction when he couldn't find a paying job, cutting lawns with his cousin. When the kids were all in school, she got a job at the supermarket, bagging groceries for people with more money than she'd ever have and dodging the groping hands of her boss. They'd survive without trips, without eating at fancy restaurants, without birthday gifts and a few Christmases, only the girls got a present. When the kids started having kids, it gave them new life, if only for a little while. He seemed invigorated, bouncing little ones in his lap and doting on his grandson, promising to help when he was old enough to buy his first muscle car. Their granddaughter loved to read. She wanted to be a famous writer when she grew up, which made her grandmother very upset. Their daughters had tried to give them money, fix up the house, hire somebody to cut the grass, sell the house and move into a smaller place. Pride stopped them from taking the money. Pride forced the couple to stay right where they were and never move forward as the days and weeks and months and years passed. He swore next week things were going to change. He'd update his resume, go to the job center and find a career, something with benefits so the doctor bills for her weren't coming out of his pocket. She liked to sit in the sunlight, so he bought her a new plastic chair and a bright umbrella for the porch. It would be her spot. Maybe it would put her in a better mood. 
They hadn't talked in months. Today. They'd never left this small town. The piss and the vinegar was still there, albeit buried deep inside her crumbly body. The chip on her shoulder kept her rooted in the same spot for hours at a time. A moan might escape her lips, but that was her only sound for the day. Her fire had been extinguished, and he didn't know how to get it back. He couldn't get a rise out of her, even when he sometimes said nasty things when he was drunk. Sometimes he said them and he hadn't had a drop. They were two nobodies in a small house falling apart around them. He'd lost the pickup truck to the repo man. He walked 16 blocks to his job at the docks, stinking like fish guts. The rain hurt their joints. He couldn't remember the last time the thought of sex had entered his thoughts, except when a real pretty piece of tail walked past in the parking lot after work. He hated watching racing on TV on a rare Sunday he wasn't working. He dragged himself out to his garage and stared at the oil spots on the floor, remembering all the times he'd been under his muscle car tinkering. She'd begun her book years ago, faded yellow pages in a bottom drawer in their bedroom, the rubber bands around it threatening to crack with old age. She didn't know how he knew she'd kept it. He'd wanted a son of his own. She wanted nothing more to do with him in that way, and as soon as the oldest moved out, she moved into her own room, surrounding herself with books to read until their eyes were too bad to read. Each night, she locked the door and left him to his own devices and thoughts. He couldn't remember the last time she smiled. The wrinkles gave her a gentle quality to her face, but her eyes could still stop you in their tracks. She quit the supermarket job suddenly years ago, and he remembered the police had been involved, but his memory wasn't what it used to be. Maybe he'd just forgotten on purpose. There was only so much room in your head. They'd never traveled. She hadn't left the county since her job had ended, and she received a small settlement to keep her quiet. The money had finished paying off the house, and she'd been able to collect Social Security if she could live that long. He'd never taken her to a fancy dinner, not once in all these years. He supposed it was too late for that. Maybe he could find a way, sell some of his tools. He didn't need them anymore. Sell all of it. Live in the shed. He didn't know if she'd even notice. She didn't know what day her birthday was on. It didn't matter. He'd forgotten his own, too. Only the girls and the grandkids mattered, and it had been that way for a long time. Their grandson was married now and living on the opposite coast. He'd become a mechanic, opening his own garage and never returning to see them. He'd call every now and then, and he'd talk about the celebrities he was working with, the custom muscle cars he'd built, and when he was going to be on TV showing them off. They never watched. As for the granddaughter, she'd never become a famous author, although she had self-published a book of poetry before landing a job in the big city with a big company. They didn't remember what she was doing exactly. Neither of them had read the poetry. The daughter stopped offering money, frowning when they came to visit. The lawn was overrun, the roof missing shingles. Most of the rooms were covered in dust, unused. He thought there was vermin in the walls, but he was too tired to find them. She didn't seem to care. Next week, he was going to go down to unemployment and reapply. It had been long enough. Maybe a few dollars in their pocket would help ease the tension. They were months away from Social Security and a breather. He didn't know if they could survive that long. She sat on the front stoop in the dirty, cracked plastic chair. The umbrella had faded, slits in the fabric. The sunlight pierced it, landing on her wavy gray hair down past her shoulders. She didn't seem to notice. He came home with bad news about another lost job, but didn't bother her, instead going directly inside to grab a cold drink and then out to the garage to stare at the oil patterns. They hadn't talked in years. Ooh, oh my goodness. That was Armand Rosamilia reading one of his short stories from his new book, Make Pretend, the complete short fiction of Armand Rosamilia Volume 1. And 
I don't know about you, but uh, that short story seems to be a little bit of a, I don't know, like a warning of uh, how you don't want to live your life. <laughs> I, I, it makes me that much more grateful for the, uh, the woman I'm married to. So, oh, speaking of, she's calling right now, so I need to get going. Make sure you click that link in the show notes for our podcast friends and sponsors alike. And don't forget to tune in next week when I'm back with crime thriller Dwayne Clayton and his new book, 13 Days of Terror. Take care, everybody. (laughs) Bye-bye. This has been a presentation of the Project Entertainment Network.